Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel is a podcast where we discuss the latest Marvel episodes and TV series as they are released on Disney+. This is your spoiler alert. Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel. I'm Zach Perlstein, the Editor-in-Chief of the Boardwalk Times. I'm Iris Nyholt, I'm a columnist at the Boardwalk Times. And I'm Giovanni Delgadillo, a columnist at the Boardwalk Times. Today we're talking about the season finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, titled One World, One People. And right off the bat, what are some of your guys' initial thoughts on this episode? Basically, my first thought was this felt more like the end of a Spider-Man movie than a Captain America movie. And and I, I mean that in the best of ways, but yeah, it, that was my main takeaway. My main takeaway was we definitely need a season two, right? Like that was my, my first thought when it ended. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, we need a season two. They can't leave it at this. I, I think my biggest initial reaction, and this kind of leads us into our first subject, was Sam Wilson descending from the sky in the new Captain America costume that was designed by the Wakandans was such an epic moment for the MCU, and it was so comic accurate, too. Like, if you look at Sam Wilson, Anthony Mackie in his Captain America costume, and then Captain America from the comics, it's like just the resemblance is there. Like they nailed this costume. I love it. They really, really did. I super agree with you there. The moment he came down in that Captain America suit, I watched this with my mom and we were both just yelling basically because we were like, oh, what, what, what would he get from the Wakandans? And then we were like, oh, it has to be a suit, right? It has to be a Captain America suit. And then him just coming down full costume. It was chef's kiss. It was great. Now having what I assume to be our vibranium wings along with the shield, and he gets that full protection, it just makes him so much cooler now. For him, it's it's way easier. He can deal with crazier stuff, which we see in the episode a lot. You see him using his wings in new cool ways. Yeah, the suit makes it. And the subtitles refer to him as Captain America, which is awesome. This whole series has been building up to this, and it delivered i loved it because it's like just sam is now captain america and that was always what we wanted throughout this entire series and you're right the vibranium the vibranium wings and the shield sam's offense is just so different from steve's and i love it because it's just a different it's a different era of captain america and you know sam's not this super soldier but he's just he just knows how to work it he just knows how to work it it's just so fun watching him because it was like a mix of captain america and iron man and like just everything he was utilizing was just so cool to watch yeah i agree he's basically just like a super soldier without the serum like he has everything he needs except for that superhuman strength which is like you said it's a combination of captain america and iron man which i think is so cool also can we just say him having wings now with the Captain America costume, oh, is more American than than anything ever. He's like an eagle in flight. Bald eagle right there. That's awesome. I, I didn't even realize that. Like the bald eagle, like that's, yeah, it's a patriotic and the series has like grappled with it. Like what does it mean to be Captain America? And like Sam Wilson does represent America and he is our Captain America now. And it's like, it's, it's awesome to just witness that. And now we have to turn our attention to the villains in this series which were the flag smashers and i just have to get off this take because everyone really likes the flag smashers but i couldn't vibe with them in this series because it's like they just their goals felt way too vague and everything about them was just too like 
oh, they're bad guys because they're bad, but they want to do something good, but they never specified what was their goal. And I think there's a reason to this. And I just wanted to, Giovanni, I think you more, you know, this a little bit more than Iris, but we need to talk about the cut storyline from this series. Yeah, I know nothing. So please enlighten me. (laughs) So before we get into this, it's funny you mentioned the chatter online. A lot of the fans are actually in agreement with you. A lot of people really did not like the handling of the Flag Smashers. And I actually really agree. I think the main issue came down to they, the two antagonists in this show, uh, John Walker and the Flag Smashers, if you can even call John Walker an antagonist at this point, they felt like more more like ideals than actual villains you know what i mean like the flag smasher ideal was kind of the point the series was trying to make but the characters themselves were not very good like at all uh, i said they felt like the teenagers from hunger games uh, or maze runner or any of those like divergent those series but evil and it was like and they're not even that evil it was carly who was like super evil like to the point where she sounds like Thanos, like how crazy she is, like how determined. So yeah, that, that's all I got to say about that. Cut storyline, yes, the pandemic. Like the cut storyline was the rumor, or I think it's been confirmed basically that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier had to go through some editing because originally the series was going to take on a pandemic-like storyline. But then obviously COVID-19 happened, a worldwide pandemic happened in real life. So they had to basically changed this up and that's why i think in earlier episodes we see bucky barnes go like oh there's vaccines in this truck but we never got like any follow-up of why were they carrying vaccines and then the flag smashers have this character called like manya mama Danya, and she just dies from tuberculosis but in reality i think it was something different that she died from so it's like i think they were going to do a pandemic storyline and I think that was going to give the Flag Smashers a better motive. But obviously, real life got in the way. You know, Kevin Feige and the rest of the gang had to make the call. Probably would have hit too close to home. And also with the series taking place in Madripoor and stuff, it could have fueled some hate online towards certain races and stuff. And that would have been pretty bad. So I think they made the right call at the end of the day. But it's kind of crazy to think about the what if of this cut storyline yeah i think it's good that they cut it and i think they did a good job with the whole vaccine thing because for my in my head it was just like oh the vaccines they must be the super soldier serum like that's for me it made sense um so i didn't even think about them having uh, a cut pandemic storyline geez that's crazy i'm so glad they didn't go through with that that would have been yeesh would have been bad (laughs) we think a little too hard about this right iris I wouldn't say too hard. I mean, you guys definitely think about it more than I do. I just watch and I'm like, ah, yes, a TV show. How nice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then I come on here and I'm like, oh, you know, you might be right about some stuff. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just how it rolls. And, you know, we have to transition. Giovanni mentioned this a little bit, but the other antagonist in this series is John Walker. But in this episode, John Walker kind of goes, you know, he's still he's still not a good dude. Like, just let's get that clear. He's still not a good dude. But in this episode, it seems like maybe it was like the Lamar inside of him. Someone was trying to like pull him back from going off the rails. He started to make somewhat better decisions in this episode and i just need to hear your thoughts on 
John Walker and what could we see his future be in the MCU? I literally wrote down in my notes, um, don't tell me John Walker has redeemed himself because I would have gotten so mad, but I'm glad he's for now like a morally gray character kind of, at least I think that's what they're going with for now. So yeah. I really enjoyed him redeeming himself because I went back and watched all the other episodes before this one. And in the first, or sorry, in his second appearance in episode two, he explains like his entire motivation and it's pretty in line in this episode. Although I still felt like not, not so much the redemption, but like his general attitude in this episode was really lighthearted compared to literally like, even when he wasn't like a crazy person in his few appearances, he was still like not exactly very happy all the time. And in this episode, he's like joking around and like, yeah, I didn't kill anyone. And, and, and then at the end, he's all excited about, you know, becoming something new that that just that felt a little off. But like, I actually did think that the redemption stuff was in line with who he is and his ideals, um, him saving everyone, I thought was awesome moment for him in the truck, because I was like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what he wanted to do this whole time. That He wanted to prove himself as Captain America, even though he did it in the wrong way at first. And now he isn't captain he even renounces his false shield i thought it was just gonna get destroyed and that would be that but no he he throws it away after it gets trashed pretty much so yeah i'm, I'm ex enjoying uh, his character and I, I do hope they make him like this morally gray guy yeah i honestly at first thought he wasn't gonna save the people in the van because uh, when he was fighting carly uh you saw him like glance towards the the burning like the burning van and he just kept on fighting her and i was like dude are you serious but then he like redeemed himself so it's it's okay yeah john walker you know he saved those people in the van and you know towards the end of the episode he's you know, quoting Abe Lincoln, he's joking around with Bucky Barnes. It is very funny because it's just like an episode prior, these two were like trying to kill each other. So it's like, that's something that like we can't forget. And obviously last week in the pod, they dived a little bit into this, but John Walker was approached by Val, who in the comics is a big character and stuff. And it's played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus from Beep and Seinfeld. And they said that she was originally going to show up in Black Widow, but because the delays and stuff, we end up seeing her in this series first. So I think John Walker definitely has like a future here. It's just figuring out what I'm thinking like the Thunderbolts, like a Disney plus series, but I'll get into this more later, but I just, they didn't really hint at that enough. I thought they were going to really set something up, like set up another series here. And, you know, they went with a more um, modest approach. Maybe they're just trying to keep all their secrets to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're right. I, it would be nice to see him in Thunderbolts, though. I think that would be really cool. And it would make sense for his character, I think, to be in some sort of like a team like that. Yeah, for sure. I think it would be great for John Walker's character to be in a team and a team full of um, villains slash antiheroes. I think that would work and it would be something new for the MCU. So I think that would just be fun to watch. So hopefully Disney Plus will green light the Thunderbolts soon and we will have that series in the works. But I still can't get over Sam Wilson. You know, Sam Wilson gave the people something to believe in. And I think the one of my favorite parts of this episode is when someone in the crowd was like, ah, that's Black Falcon. And then the person's like, nah, that's Captain America. And it's like, you're just cheering. Yes, you're like, yes, absolutely. finally. 
Yeah, this episode had plenty of cheesy fun moments like that that made me really happy. It was like, yeah, this is, yeah, it's Captain America. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, it gets you in the he, feels too later. You're right. He is Captain America. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's that's him, man. It, I was like, I think I reacted to this series more than I did like WandaVision towards the end. Like, I think at, in this episode, like when Sam shows up in that Captain America costume and he starts doing his thing, I was cheering. I felt like I was back in the theater when in reality I was just watching like at home on my TV but it's like like at home on my TV but it's like I love that we have series that can bring that type of feelings for us well who's back of the week Shady Sharon Carter is back my gosh she is back in the big reveal this episode is she's the power broker she's the one she's the power broker and that's just Blew my mind and shout out to Julia DeBell who appears on this podcast series. I think a couple weeks ago, she was the one who really championed this theory where she's like, oh, Sharon has to be the power broker. And now, you know, we have to wonder where does Sharon go from here? Honestly, I think she's going to be some sort of like double spy for, well, not really double. Like she's obviously going to use the resources that the U.S. government has now that she's been like reinstated and all that. But like she, she's also gonna stay the power broker. So who knows where she's going? I'm very. It's it's complicated. I I feel like that's the tough part. It's complicated because like, up until this point, Sharon was like this, like hero in my opinion, like helped Cap and stuff. And now like, this whole power broker gimmick seems out of character for her because, I don't know for sure, but I thought she was blipped. I thought she was snapped away. So I don't know how she could accumulate this much power especially over these five years so that's where i'm confused with and hopefully that gets cleared up soon i'm not sure if she got blipped but i do know that she like barely had character in the civil war movies sorry to anyone who loved her in there but i'm glad they finally gave her a bit more personality and like actually like a goal to work towards instead of just basically being a love interest for captain america <laughs> like hey you can kiss chris evans in this film and, exactly you know, yes you'll get I a mean, disney who wouldn't plus want to do that, but <laughs> i mean it's a good job i mean you know she i don't think she complained so i mean i think she probably enjoyed it but you know now she's gonna finally get to be uh <laughs> she's now gonna gotta, finally get yes. to be her own woman yeah exactly and we love that for her even if she may not be um the best character in this uh this universe she yeah. basically is pulling a, a 180 peggy carter you know, because it sounds like she's going to use her power broker power to do some not so shield like stuff. And uh, since she is a double agent, it's more like Hydra under shield. So, yeah, she's definitely setting herself up for not living up to her aunt's legacy or doing and so in the opposite not way. Approve. Yeah, no, girl boss energy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's <laughs> not in the right way. <laughs> I, exactly. I I almost wonder if Sharon is like still bitter that like Steve left this timeline to go live out his time with her aunt. Like she's still jealous that like her aunt was better than her or something. Like, I don't know if she knows all that, but like, I think that'd be a funny thing to bring up. Be like, yeah, Steve left you for your aunt. Or did he leave more. your aunt for you in Civil War? True. True. And it's like Sharon's like Sharon's another one that I think's like in this gray area, but like she just shoots Carly like during that one fight sequence. She just shoots her and kills her, which kind of confuses me. 
because I know she was in danger and she obviously got shot and stuff, but I didn't realize that like a simple bullet could kill a super soldier. So can one of you clarify with me? Like, is that like possible? Like, did I miss something? Like I thought super soldiers weren't like, like supposed to just die from a bullet. So it looked like she shot her multiple times. So I'm pretty sure it wasn't just the one. Now, obviously, since this is a Disney thing, they can't show exact bullet wounds. So we don't know where she was hit. Um, Cause if you know, if it's any critical blood loss or anything, then yeah, she's, she's a goner regardless. But yeah, I also was a bit like, Oh, they're not really showing what's going on. Like, so ironically, Sharon gets hit in a similar spot because all the characters have to, you know, hide their bullet wounds and they always, you know, cover their stomach like every time. Uh, Carly even got shot earlier in the series by Zemo and she did the same exact move as Sharon. So, yeah, Sharon was just walking around like, I'm not a super soldier. I'm just, you know, a boss. So. Everyone in the MCU is just trained to shoot for the the stomach. <laughs> they don't they don't don't go for anything else, just the stomach area. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's strange that she she's supposedly a super soldier, but she died from it. Did look like a singular bullet, but maybe you're right. Maybe maybe I almost called her Peggy. Oh my gosh, <laughs> let's not do that again. Whoa, um, <laughs> whoa. Okay, that Sharon shot her multiple times. I don't know because we didn't like like Giovanni said, get detailed um, bullet count. So just so crazy because I just, I mean, super soldiers, in my opinion, are like almost bulletproof in my opinion. I know that's not the case, but like in my head, at least I would think like, if you're a super soldier, you can withstand a couple bullets. So I was just shocked to see her, um, you know, go down so quick, go down so easily, but maybe that's part of the storyline. Maybe this super serum that they developed now isn't, as strong as the cap one or the bucky one like maybe it's just not to that level so that's another thing we're gonna have to just see if the mcu follows up on so actually going in line with the super soldier serum i just thought about this something that's interesting about um the whole like you know shooting people in the stomach and stuff uh i honestly thought they were gonna turn john walker into like the mcu's version of the punisher which they already did on netflix and i was surprised that they that by redeeming him by him saving people because that's who he is they didn't do that because punisher just kills people mercilessly and uh he would definitely be aiming for the head all the time so that distinction i think is important in this and also john walker as super soldier serum so it's cool that they didn't just make John Walker, another like Red Skull meets Punisher type thing where he's like evil because of the serum and instead he's his own guy. Uh, just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, he they definitely gave him some like... They gave John more character, in my opinion. You know, he has more to fight for. You know, I think that's where you're going with, you know, he could have easily, been, like what you said, Giovanni, could have easily been this Punisher, like cold-blooded killer character. But I think he's now going to have some moral conflicts and I think that's going to be fun to watch in the future installments, wherever U.S. agent John Walker shows up at. We, we just don't know when he's going to show up again. So I, you know, can't wait to see it though. After this ad break, we will be back with more legacy of that shield. We're going to be discussing Sam's incredible speech. We're going to discuss the flag smashers a little bit more, the raft, 
we're gonna discuss you know that mid credit scene and there's so much more we have left to discuss but you'll hear it all after this ad break Welcome back to Legacy of That, that Shield. And we, we're still talking about the finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Can't believe how fast this series went by. And I think right now we have to discuss Sam Wilson as Captain America, his incredible helpless speech to the politician. He spits facts about not just our real world, but the MCU kind of name drops Thanos in a way. I just need to hear your thoughts on this. Well, my my reaction at that was just like, wow, this was an incredible speech. And I was a little blown away by it. Like we were watching it and my mom and I both sat back when he was done talking. And I was like, wow, that was a mic drop. He definitely just pulled a mic drop. And like you said, like kind of mentioning Thanos in a way and um, comparing him to the leaders and this like the senator even kind of like that was powerful because... Like, no one wants to be like Thanos, so <laughs> yeah, like being in, in the center's face about it definitely might have had to, like, change his mind about something at least a little bit, I think. Oh, for sure. And, like, he brings up, like, hey, look what Carly Morgenthau did. Do you want another 2.0 coming after you? And Sam's whole point about being helpless, he's like, that's how I felt. This is how so many other people in this world have felt. Over there, it's like, you know, you now, you Senator now finally feel what it's like to be helpless. Like you don't know what to do, but you got to figure it out. It was, you're, you're right. It was a mic drop moment. And I was like, I was like, wow, he's really doing this. Cameras are rolling on him too. Yeah. And I especially liked when he uh, turned to the female, I don't know if she's a Senator or something. Um, and was like, yeah, like who's in the room with you when you make these decisions? Is it people who actually like who who get impacted by these decisions or is it more people like you? And that just blew me away because I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. Like there's never people who get to speak their mind about it at these decisions who actually get impacted by them. So it almost felt like he directly addressed the people watching the show too when he said millions of people are going to be mad when they see me. Oh, why isn't Bucky the, the winner or the Captain America? And it's like now, now you understand why he when he explains everything, it, it feels very earned. And then obviously he's talking about something that's very relatable to stuff ongoing right now. I just think you know after that speech and stuff when Bucky says, "Nice job, Cap." it just hit differently i was like oh that's just so heartwarming so heartwarming hit me in the heartstrings man <laughs> it was like it was like i remember that i remember that you know it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy to hear mcu characters are now going to refer to sam wilson as cap like it's yeah they thought he was on the moon yeah it's just <laughs> i i i i love it i love it like you know they this series shows you know they tried the government tries to manufacture a captain america in john walker walmart captain america but then the real captain america rises and the people accept him because he's the true successor to steve rogers captain america and i have to applaud the mcu though because this was the first character succession that went really well from you know the originals to like the new new guns like we're gonna see it with like the iron man with you know 
Tony Stark to Riri Williams, and then Thor will probably be um, Thor to um, Jane Foster. So we're going to see these transitions of like the old guard are going to slowly fade away, but this new guard's going to come in. And this was a heck of a start for the new guard of the MCU. Speaking of the new guard, that just makes me think Young Avengers. And that is something that makes me very excited because we got to see just a tiny bit more of Eli in this episode. And that just made me so freaking excited because if there's anything, I just want a Young Avengers show. That's what I want. Amen. Amen. That's going to be <laughs> awesome. Also, we got to talk about how how feisty Eli is because that's his whole character yes. in the comics. <laughs> and I think they nailed that with him. And the actor is awesome, too. I was like, yeah, that's that's Eli. They did a really good job with him. Yes, I agree. He's got his, he's got his Falcon already, too. So I'm excited to see where Eli goes from here. Eli and Isaiah Bradley. I'm excited to see where those two go from here. And I think this is the perfect time to like segue into this. But what Sam does for Isaiah was another, you know, Iris said it earlier, pull on your heartstrings moment. You know, Isaiah Bradley's now finally, his history is back, you know, in that cap museum exhibit. He's now a part of it. Like the man who the government erased is now part of history. And you could tell Isaiah appreciated it, even though, you know, at the beginning of the series, I, you know, it seems like, oh, he doesn't care. But I think deep down, he always cared. He always kind of wanted to be recognized as one of the Captain Americas. And Sam is now upholding both Isaiah's legacy and Steve's legacy. He's not just taking him being Captain America for granted. And it's just Sam's personality. So it makes total sense that he's now Cap. And I'm just so glad that Isaiah finally got the recognition that he deserves. Because, man, that hug that he gives Sam when he sees himself in that museum, I... There were tears in my eyes. What a moment. <laughs> what a moment. What a moment. Incredibly strong payoff. Yes. Very, very strong. I felt it too. I was like, yeah. oh man. You know, I think I've said awesome a thousand times during this podcast, but that was, you know. You'd be right. Yeah. You'd be very right. <laughs> You'd be right. I mean, it's just one one of those moments. And I think I'm super excited to see Eli Bradley show up in Young Avengers whenever they do that, whether it's a film or a Disney plus series, that's going to be awesome to see how they transition Eli from this to that. And hopefully we get more Isaiah too. I think that'd be fun. I think, you know, we have to circle back though to the flag smashers who were captured, the non Carly group, they were captured and they were about to be transferred to the raft, but the car is blown up. You know, how how coincidental, like how how does that how happen? Convenient. You, know? <laughs> you know, how convenient, what a way out to go. And supposedly the bombing is done by a guy who knows his way around bombs, Zemo. So I think I'm going to toss this one up to you, Iris. But what? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, Iris. Me? Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, Zemo is still going after all these super soldiers. So, you know, what does that like mean for Bucky? And, you know, I expect that more of the raft security people too. I mean, if someone's going to get out of the raft, it's probably going to be Zemo. And knowing Zemo, he's not going to sit still, right? I mean, he, 
in the comics, if we're going to be canonical about it, <laughs> he is in the Thunderbolts. So if they're going to do something with it, I think it would be really cool to see Zemo kind of leading that or like collecting a team of anti-heroes or villains that are now turned to heroes. Um, yeah, I, I think he could definitely be the person to do that. It was also pretty funny that, you know, Walker's talking about poetic justice and whatever instead of just you know killing these guys and then they die anyways especially after that one soldier said one world one people they like as you know hinting that oh maybe they're gonna escape and be a threat later on it's like nah this series is done with these guys and so then having them blown up in spectacular fashion a la zemo is a pretty interesting way to go like you guys are saying i i want to see zemo lead the thunderbolts he's like anti-captain america in a way ideologically speaking so it'd be pretty interesting to see him with the tony stark level money uh, doing stuff you know opposite tony You're stark right because let's not forget he is a baron so he has the money so. and he always gets the last laugh <laughs> he, exactly <laughs> so there there has to be something more there that they can't just hint at something like that and then let it go we know the mcu that's not going to happen for sure and I, you know once again i'm in agreement with both of you zemo leading this thunderbolts team and then you know maybe john walker joins the thunderbolts who who knows maybe val is a part of thunderbolts and you know the other thing to consider is where is william thunderbolt ross you know he he's the one who created the raft and also you know they named the thunderbolts after thunderbolt Ross, say, it's so. right in his name right yeah. there <laughs> where is he how does he fit into this equation so do you guys think all of that should have been in black widow like all of that setup and that's why it's so vague because i know I everyone is so. talking about julia louis dreyfus but what about thunderbolt ross he's in that movie you're right so, yeah you're so right yeah. and isn't yelena one of the thunderbolts as well that's what I've heard. I apparently. feel like I've heard something about that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And if they don't kill Taskmaster, please don't kill him. Uh, he would be an interesting fit for the team because that dude is also one of the cooler villains. And the thing that's cool about these Thunderbolts, I don't know if it's so much like this in the comics, is almost all of them are grounded uh, villains. Like I know Abomination, who's coming back in uh, She Hulk, uh, is supposed to be in that team. And I mean, he's still technically, he's not like an alien or anything. He's just a, a whacked out super soldier. So I, I don't know. It, it's kind of cool that we have so many different storylines at the same time in the MCU that have different genres because we have the, you know, sorcerer stuff with uh, Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange. We have the cosmic stuff with the Eternals and the space stuff with Guardians and, um, disgrounded stuff that we've had with the captain america movies and even spider-man to an extent so i think it's really cool i hope that somehow we get to see them all get together again like all the the different little pieces of the the universe get connected together again like maybe not in an avengers type of way but somehow meet in the middle i think that would be really cool to see i want an explanation because we're talking about this why wasn't Spider-Man there? Like, was he asleep? Is it a school night? Like, wh what's popping? Where, where are you at, Spider-Man? You're like, right, because this is New York. Yeah, they You're should acknowledge right. that. That's why I said at the beginning of this episode that wow. this felt like Spider-Man to me. This entire episode, like, uh, it, it has New Yorkers cheering on the hero. It has the hero saving, you know, random people in New York, you know, near the Hudson, in the city, and people, you know, 
on looking. It has the televised New York hero thing. Like all of that is in Spider-Man and all those fights take place at night as well. Just pointing that out. So yeah, I was like, oh, uh, guess he's not here, but I still feels like he is. You're sticking that with the flu, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You went down with the flu. You just couldn't be there. Yeah, they're, they're going to bring it up eventually somehow. And so You're right. Because they always have to tie things back into like back together but you bring up a very valid point and i know falcon the winter soldier takes place actually before far from home so it's like there really is no excuse because you know if this took place after far from home you know spoilers from far from home i'm sure people who are listening to this have I'm sure already they've seen, seen it, by it. <laughs> now. i'm sure they've seen it by now if you're listening to mcu podcast and you haven't seen it by now oh i i don't know what's happening but spider-man's like you know we don't have to worry about like oh they know who peter parker is in this like you know he could have you know it would have been kind of funny if we could have saw a tom holland spider-man cameo reuniting with bucky and sam it would have been a callback to civil war but they probably didn't want you know to you know take away the spotlight from sam as cap but i think down the line i can't wait for those three to interact again could have done something with that as like an end credit scene just like peter's standing on top of building like oh sorry i'm late or something like that like, yes <laughs> that would have been so in character something would simple have made sense yeah and we're gonna talk about that later because i have some thoughts on the whole mid-credit post-credit you know stuff but you know we have to you know this show it's 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 heartwarming and then it's heartbreaking at sometimes and Bucky confesses to our boy Yori and you know this you know it had to be done had to be done Yori needed that closure he needed to know what happens his son but it doesn't make it any less heartbreaking and oh I I just I just don't know it's just it's so sad you're so right my stomach like cramped together when Bucky knocked on his door and he opened the door and I saw that sad little man and I was like oh no it's happening. We knew it was going to happen and now it's happening. And I'm glad that Yori got that closure, but I'm also a little sad we didn't get to see more of his reaction to it because all we got to see was like he, him asking Bucky like why and Bucky being like I had no choice. And then it cuts to him sitting in the sushi shop like doing a shot of sake, I think it is probably. <laughs> But man, yeah, I wish I, don't I could know. have seen more of that conversation because I'm sure they would have talked about it more than just Bucky being like, yeah, I did that. Probably in pain too. But yeah, I thought the same thing. I saw a lot of people talking about that online. They thought the scene was going to be a lot longer. They ended up falling more uh, like, well, getting the feels more with uh, the Isaiah Bradley scene at the end. Um, I felt the same way. Well, I was still moved by the Nakajima stuff because I was like, wow, that is pretty like, hard. In general, it's a hard situation. But uh, yeah, the Isaiah Bradley scene was better paced. It was just longer and uh, you get more time to breathe in the moment. Uh, it's, it's sad, but yeah, it had to happen, I guess. And they, they did it and it's a bit rushed, but at least they got the point across. Maybe, maybe they'll... <laughs> bring him back i don't know i doubt it yeah. but you never know but like it's, it's funny though how bucky approached this from the standpoint of he's like i had to do this instead of just leading off with hey i was brainwashed i would have never done this to your son if i was in the right mind like that's where i get confused where bucky and yori are friends but like 
I felt like Bucky to let off more with like, hey, I did this, but I wasn't in the right mind. I didn't mean to, and I'm going to have to live with this for the rest of my life. And I'm already a hundred years old. So I've thought about this for a long time, but it's like, that's the thing where it's like, I, I don't know, you know, I would have loved more of his reaction, but I think it's more of, you know, that scene in the um, bar. I think that's more of a signal that Yori has moved on, but he's gotten that closure. He's gotten that inner peace that like, his son just didn't, you know, his son did die in a random accident, but he now knows what happened. It wasn't just like a cover up. It wasn't something, you know, he now knows exactly what happened to his son. It was, you know, wrong place, wrong time, winter soldier showing up and doing his business. So can I just say, I'm surprised that uh, Bucky thanked his uh, therapist in the end. Like he sent her his, uh, captain america no back i guess that's him saying that he's done holding on or trying to latch on to the past too hard i mean even though sam wilson has the shield now so he doesn't have to worry about that because he said it felt like a part of his family but the book he specifically mentions in the scene with sam was a huge reason for him to move on or continue moving forward because it's a part of steve and he thought that it would fix him but then sam tells him nah nah that won't fix anything you gotta go back and you know make actual amends so yeah pretty interesting and then the doctor doesn't even react she's just like oh okay well i guess (laughs) cool (laughs) thanks yeah she was Um, always like that anyway so yeah i actually wrote something down about that because um as bucky saves the people from the van afterwards this dude comes out and he's like thank you you saved our lives and bucky's like oh you're you're welcome and he's probably not used to like being the person who saves people and then getting thanked for it afterwards so i think that also helped maybe get the message across in his brain a little bit and carly being a crazy manipulator (laughs) you you said they're on fire he needs to save people it's like wow (laughs) you said out loud with all the villains don't say out loud when they're about to do it exactly oh Oh my god psychopath (laughs) like okay bucky's next chapter what do we think is going to happen like do we think Sebastian Stan, <laughs> Sebastian Stan, do you think he will possibly show up in Black Panther 2, even though there's no plot details regarding that movie due to the death of Chadwick Boseman? Do, do we like what is this character's future for Bucky? And I know later we're going to talk about the possibility that this show gets a season two, but I feel like Bucky has a lot more work to do with the Wakandan. So I, I want to hear you guys' thoughts on that. So I know they're doing a Wakandan or a Wakanda set series uh, with Ryan Coogler involved. It'd be pretty cool to see him show up in that instead of in Black Panther because I don't, I don't want him to detract from those characters because he's also such a big character now. It, it'd sure. be better for him to show up as like a quick like cameo or something, or or like I said in this Wakanda series, he could like have if it's an anthology, just an episode or something and doing something for the Wakandans. But yeah. Uh, I think he has more of a story with Captain America as we see at the uh, end credits, how they make that very obvious. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with that. And they should they should change his name. He is not the Winter Soldier. Yes, I was just about to comment on that. Like, why is uh, it still Winter Soldier oh, as yes. he's not the Winter Soldier anymore? I full on thought he was just going to be White Wolf or whatever. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. Preaching to the choir right now yes. because that is something that I have major beef with. If we're going through all that work, if that poor 
Disney editor has to type in Captain America like over Falcon now. Yes. yes. He, can, he can do a couple more letters. He Back can type spaces. in White Wolf. Yes. Yeah, Backspace yeah. White yeah. Wolf. You know, it's, it's like Winter Soldier. No, no, he's not the Winter Soldier. Like that makes me almost worried. They've like, made it you know. so clear that he's not the Winter Soldier anymore. Like he keeps saying like, that's not me anymore. That's when I was the Winter Soldier. He's he's Bucky. He's not the Winter Soldier anymore. So why are they? I'm mad. <laughs> I mean, let's just say I thought the moment where the title reveal came up and it was Captain America was awesome because it happens twice at the beginning of the end credits and at the end of the end credits. I was like, OK, that that was awesome. Like, what a, what a cool payoff, like Captain America. And the Winter Soldier was like, yeah. But but yes, I also felt like, oh, what about? Bucky's he's not a monster like he he wants to renounce that title like why would you okay yeah exactly such a weird weird move because like it I feel like it just went against his entire character development because you know it's like earlier in the series Sam is joking with him and it's like ah you're all Tommy Wakanda now and stuff like that it's like and no Bucky's like I'm actually White Wolf it's like it just made sense to call this neck series Captain America and White Wolf and it's funny you bring up Giovanni how cool it was like to see that on the screen it almost reminded me at the end of the Mandalorian season two you know potential spoilers for the Mandalorian like the book of Boba Fett appearing at the end like you know I like the whole you know you know it just kind of teases the future and I really I just really vibe with that yeah, no, me too. Uh, that's why I was like, actually, that was what surprised me. And I know we're going to talk about the end credits later, is that I thought they were going to do a Thunderbolts type thing like Book of Boba Fett, where they said Thunderbolts coming soon or something like that, or like Captain or US agent will return. So, something cool like that. Instead, we get the scene, um, which I was going to mention this if I was on the pod last week, but obviously I wasn't. Julia Louis-Dreyfus' scene, I almost felt like was a COVID pre-shoot or something because of the way that the writers talked about, oh, we almost couldn't get this person. And then we got it to work. I was like, it almost felt like they rewrote that scene to have her in it. And she was probably only going to appear in an end credit sequence in this episode. And instead they have her, because they already set her up, she can just show up randomly in a scene near the end, which... I mean, that's it's well paced and you don't notice it. But that's all I could think of last week when she showed up. I was like, this feels like it wasn't happened this episode. Like, this feels like an ending thing because she gives him the card and says, oh, I'm going to call you. But then she doesn't. And he goes and does the New York stuff. It's like you would think he'd become a free agent after, not before, because usually that's how these characters like hers react to this kind of stuff. So pretty interesting that um. It ended on Captain America and the Winter Soldier, which was awesome, but no Thunderbolts. Like we talked about how vague it was. So I was like, huh, interesting that they're not, you know, pushing that Star Wars type thing. So I guess, I guess that's Star Wars' thing, not Marvel, because Marvel just does post credit teases without a title. So whatever. Choices were made. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> I agree with you. Choices were made, Iris. And I think that's the one thing the Disney Plus series haven't done because in the theaters, usually they would be like, blah 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 will turn in oh, you know yeah. and they didn't do that for either wandavision or the falcon and the winter soldier and True. that brings me I to my them to. 
Yeah. And like, that seems like a simple win. You know, that seems like a simple win, like Captain America and the Winter Soldier will return or like, you know, WandaVision, Scarlet Witch will return, you know, just like that seems like a simple, easy win and they're not doing it. I don't, and I don't know why, maybe it's because we're not in theaters, but it just, you know, it's like, we, we're still like sharing that experience. And I think this brings me to my next rant. So buckle up Giovanni and Iris. I got a rant coming. It's not coming super soon, but you know, this mid credit scene involves Sharon Carter getting that pardon, you know, the power broker, Agent Carter, she's back in the USA. And what can this mean? And I got a theory and I'm waiting to tell you guys because I need to hear what do you guys think about Sharon Carter getting this pardon and what does this like open herself up to? I did mention before uh, uh, we broke off there for a little bit um, that, oh my gosh, Sharon, (laughs) there we go. That Sharon is now back at her old, basically in her old position. She's back being Agent Carter, not Agent Carter, Agent 13. I need to stop switching them up. This is getting really embarrassing. <laughs> um, but she's back to being Agent 13. And um, now that she has these connections to the government again, and she's calling someone in Madripoor, I'm assuming, because she's a power broker, being like, hey, we now have a get our buyers lined up because we now have connections and weapons and all that. So there should be something for everyone. Makes me think, who is everyone? Who is she in cahoots with? And who is on the other line of the phone at the other end of the line? Sorry. So I just realized something while you were saying that all of these villains in the Captain America stories, and especially in this one, are very much like some sort of representative or like exaggeration of a real American problem or ideal she's a massive arms dealer now pretty much and she is. yeah we've had arms dealer characters in other superhero media before and they're usually side characters i mean we had claw in black panther and age of ultron and he was more of a side character but they're trying to make her like a big deal like the power broker is a big deal so it'll be interesting to see how they tackle that if they tackle that um the each like i said each movie has done a different subject like hydra was about uh i guess government oversight or there's a bunch of themes you can pull out of winter soldier uh, and then uh, civil war was about weapon control and all the, these other you know very complex themes done in a very simple to understand way and i think they could do something with sharon uh, like uh, someone who's disillusioned with her own country which still is that's very weird for her it's just She's not like her aunt at at all. So, yeah. You know, you're right. She's not like her aunt at all. And she's not the old Sharon Carter. And, you know, we can think about this in a couple of ways. You know, maybe she's become disillusioned. Maybe she's upset of, you know, she didn't get pardoned right away and all that. But I have a different theory. And it ties into Disney Plus's upcoming event series called Secret Invasion, which will start Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn as Talos, a scroll. I believe, I, get ready for the take quake, get ready for the theory. I know where this I believe, is going. I believe I'm Sharon <laughs> Carter, Sharon Carter is going to turn out, this Sharon Carter is going to turn out to be a scroll. It's not even Sharon Carter. I believe it's someone else. That's why she's become the power broker. I believe it's going to be a scroll. The real Sharon Carter is probably trapped somewhere or she's on, you know, the moon with Fury. You never know. 
I think that's going to end up being the big reveal come secret invasion is that, you know, and possibly the Senator, some of these people are going to end up being scrolls and it's going to just, you know, it's going to lead us into our next like big event where it's like, who can you trust? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think she is, but I do, I did see that theory floating around and I wouldn't doubt it if they did it, they'd be like, ha ha all along so you. <laughs> yeah like we got you <laughs> so yeah that's cool also we got a shout out of sam jackson doing a british period piece with a uh, secret invasion since that's the entire cast you know so that's awesome yeah you know amelia clark olivia coleman kingsley benadir you're um, right you're you know, right <laughs> it is hey you know marvel's you know after wandavision nothing's off the table let's go you're so right. Honestly, we we don't know what we can expect. This the scroll thing can make a lot of sense. Like you talking about it, I was thinking like, well, sure, that makes sense. I I believe it. It works, <laughs> so, you know. It, yeah, it works. It but I also wouldn't be surprised if they like did a full turnaround and did something entirely different. Like you never know what you can expect. So yeah, for I, sure. D- I don't know. Yeah, I. There's so many to expect, but I had to throw out that like outlandish theory. I had to like throw it out because I want to see if it ends up being right. You know what I mean? I want to see, you know, because I think that would be such a cool thing to do with her character, but we'll have to see what happens. And I think that's what makes me like, you know, one of my minor beefs with this series was we only got one like mid credit scene. Like I so badly wanted a post credit scene. Like that's like the things I like, you know, where you have to wait all the way through the end of the credits. Like, you know, I wanted a post-credit scene. I just, dang. Yeah, we got two with WandaVision, so I was surprised that this one didn't have any. It's interesting, too. These Phase 4 series so far feel like Phase 1 things in a way, because they're origin stories of ex- of established characters. Like, they're recontextualizing them. Like, uh, WandaVision, WandaVision was all about Wanda becoming the Scarlet Witch because she had never been called that before, but she was already an Avenger. And uh, this series is about, you know, Falcon and Bucky. Um, so it's, it explores the smaller characters and makes them larger than life. But in, in doing so, it feels like the origin stories we used to see all the time uh, in the older movies. Less, less um, Spider-Man Homecoming and Black Panther, more Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America, the first Avenger. That's, that's what these have felt like so far. And I think Loki is probably going to do the same thing. Maybe, possibly, unless they wrap up his story because he's been around for so long but you never know so and i hope they don't but <laughs> but yeah Has the um, story ever really wrapped up yeah no. <laughs> not at and all that, yeah that's why the exactly. sequels that are coming up i think are going to be uh, those are going to be the like more wacky uh weird stuff because yeah phase four so far has been very much like let's let's recontextualize old people and make them new again so yeah, I, I think that's really cool the the one post credit like, like I think and I think sometimes Marvel's just afraid to do this nowadays with some things, but I would have I wouldn't have mind like a funny post credit scene too, like you know Bucky and Sam are on the Paul and Darlene charter boat, or you know Sam Wilson's recording um PSAs for Tom Holland's high I mean Spider Man's high school. I mean you know just something silly like it doesn't have to be um consequential consequential to like the rest of the universe but i felt like they could have at least given us something you know something like a little joke at the end or something but that might just be me like iris said 
Yes, Spider-Man. Exactly. Yeah. Just Spider-Man sitting on top of a building being like, oh, I guess I'm late. They, they could have <laughs> like filmed I, it. I had, to, they had, I had time. to finish my homework. <laughs> that would have been awesome. They had time. And, you know, before we end this pod with our usual ending, we have to discuss like real quick. There is some news this week. And I want to know from the both of you, which piece of news got you the most excited for the MCU? You know, we had Shang-Chi trailer that got released on Simu Liu's birthday. We had Secret Invasion casting. That's going crazy. We already kind of talked about it. Like it's almost becoming this like royal period piece. Then, you know, we have Hawkeye, which just wrapped filming and that should come out later this year on Disney Plus and we'll cover it on Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Madness or Multiverse of Marvel. Dang, that was a botch. <laughs> that was a botch. <laughs> and and then job. we had the Spider-Man and Sony adjacent Marvel properties news where they'll eventually be on Disney Plus someday. You know, after Netflix, we'll get Venom and someday. You know, Spider-Man like probably 2024 or whatever. Yeah, they can add them to the MCU timeline they have. Yeah. Which piece of news got you the most excited? I mean, just getting to see Simu Liu as Shang-Chi after he's been hyping it up so much. I was so happy. I was like, I've been waiting to see this forever. And uh, he clearly loves the role. So I'm I'm very excited to see that movie. The thing I'm most excited for is definitely Hawkeye, because as you might be able to tell, I am trash for Young Avengers (laughs) and hate (laughs) being in that. I also just really love Haley Steinfeld. So that's the thing I'm most. I'm with you on that. I'm yeah. with you on that. Yeah, we're we're all in agreement. We all love Haley Steinfeld here. You know that's <laughs> yes, <gonna> be, we do. <laughs> you know, I I think people are gonna fight when we do Hawkeye for Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel. See, I got it right this time. When we do the podcast for Hawkeye, I think people are gonna fight for those weeks because you know Hawkeye better be like ten episodes because you know people are gonna fight to talk about Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop and. I got to talk about her. I'm just going to, and you will all see me on the season when we discuss Hawkeye. And I agree with you, Giovanni. Shang-Chi was just what a trailer. And I love that the MCU is getting creative with the type of stories they want to tell. You know, they're different. Like those were, you know, that trailer reminded me a lot of Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, a lot of martial arts films. I mean, you know, I'm a big Cobra Kai fan on Netflix. So that just looked awesome. You know, the amount of martial arts in that film and you know the mandarin oh i i I can't wait you know can't wait but we have to sadly wrap this up we have to wrap up legacy of that shield you know it was a fun fun ride and we were with you till the end of the line but we have i have to ask you guys one final question and we usually ask on these episodes we're like hey what do you think is going to happen next week well sadly there is no next week but i can ask you a different question it will be because of this finale. What do you think will happen in season two, which will be titled Captain America and the Winter Soldier? Because I'm confident they're going to announce a season two tomorrow. Like, you know, this has done so well for Disney Plus. I need to know your guys' thoughts, opinions, and predictions. What do you think happens in season two of this series? Uh, Sharon's going to come back, obviously. Like, that's a given. Uh, she has to. Like, they they can't just hint at her being all evil and then her not introduce her back into the series um i would like to see more family moments with sam's family because i loved those scenes and i especially thought it was super funny like bucky kind of flirting with sam's sister so maybe there's something there maybe there's not we'll see about that i'm 
hoping there might be something because I think that would be fun. You know, Bucky deserves, he deserves love. <laughs> and I just more Sam, Captain America, badassery. That's my prediction. I mean, how cool is it seeing Bucky hold up all those kids with his metal arm? Dude, that was yes, oh, absolutely. so, yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I would love to see the family dynamic again. And I hope they, they're never threatened for him being Captain America. I hope they keep them safe because that scared me in this stuff. I was you thinking, jinxed it now. It's going to happen. I know. I was like thinking. Yeah, the, you just gave the writer's room a great idea. Uh, yeah. You know, when I was rewatching that scrap. I was like, I'm really glad that Carly threatening them was an empty threat, but I'm like, what What if this happens in the future? Like, I'd be so scared for them. So, yeah, let's let's bring on the family, bring on Sharon. Uh, U.S. agent, I don't know if he fits in the series anymore. I hope he, like, I, like we said earlier, I hope he's more Thunderbolts. Same with Zemo. But if they do come back, I guess it makes sense because they are Captain America characters and all the characters in this were established in Winter Soldier. So, yeah. I mean, how cool is it seeing Bucky hold up all those kids with his metal arm? Dude, that was yes, oh, so, yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I would love to see the family dynamic again. And I hope they're, they're never threatened for him being Captain America. I hope they keep them safe because that scared me in this stuff. I was you thinking, jinxed it now. It's gonna I was, happen. I know. I was like thinking yeah, the, you just gave the writer's room a great idea. Uh, yeah. You know, when I was rewatching that scrap, I was like, I'm really glad that Carly threatening them was an empty threat, but I'm like, what what if this happens in the future? Like I'd be so scared for them. So yeah, let's let's bring on the family, bring on Sharon. Uh US agent. I don't know if he fits in the series anymore. I hope he like I like we said earlier, I hope he's more Thunderbolts. Same with Zemo. But if they do come back, I guess it makes sense because they are captain america characters and all the characters in this were established in winter soldier so yeah maybe they'll do the thunderbolts within captain america and the winter soldier maybe that's how they get introduced maybe it'll be through that series because maybe you know sam wilson's not finished with zemo or you know something i think we could have a very different season two though if they want to i think we could see you know, the government still not vibing with Sam being Captain America or like we could see my, like what you guys said, like more family oriented storylines. I mean, we could see possibly Eli Bradley get introduced as Patriot. Um, Torres get introduced as the new Falcon. I mean, I think there's a lot they can do in season two. And I could see why in all those interviews with the producers and the creators, they're like, yeah, we left a lot open and they sure did. So, you know, we can't wait. We hope Legacy of That Shield gets a season two. This is it. Thanks for joining us on this season of Legacy of That Shield. All of us at Boardwalk Times are hoping to do a season two of this, obviously. We're going to probably get confirmation soon that there will be a season two called Captain America and the Winter Soldier. But in the meantime, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. For more Marvel content, head over to BoardwalkTimes.net and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Boardwalk Times. Thanks for listening to Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel, Legacy of That Shield. Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel will, will return on June 11th with a brand new series called Living Loki. It'll be an after show where we will break down everything from the new series. 
like Owen Wilson's role in the series to where exactly this is within the MCU timeline. Be sure to tune in on June 11th for Living Loki. But that's not all because the Boardwalk Times Podcast Network has even more shows on the way, including This Is The Way Cast The Bad Batch, which launches on May 4th. The podcast series will be an after show to The Bad Batch on Disney+. Plus. We also got new episodes of the discussion with Elizabeth Pfeiffer on the way, plus the premieres of Composing Culture with Giovanni Delgadillo and the Zach Perlstein Show are coming soon. Exciting times ahead for us at Boardwalk Times. We appreciate you listening to us every week. We will see you real soon.